0: Thanks for joining us on the King Law Podcast, where we give you a lawyer's perspective on anything legal or not. From criminal law, personal injury, and trending legal topics, we're your back pocket legal guide. An exciting day.
1: Exciting day. One of the ones we've been looking forward to for a long time. We we don't get to talk to judges very often because they're not supposed to talk to us unless they're campaigning. So Justice, Alex Renzi, New York State Supreme Court, a uh, longtime friend of mine, and I was assigned to be Justice Renzi's DA in the domestic violence court a long time ago, and I came uh, out of the Rochester City Court. We settled the case and he pulled me into his chambers and said we can either resolve all the cases or we can do trials here. And I think we did 12 (coughs) trials in the next 12 weeks and uh, uh, just a a trial judge. There's not many of them out there, Uh, a guy who goes to work every day and works really hard for all the people. Uh, that have elected him to the Supreme Court. I think you can tell us how many days you've been on trial in the last decade, but it's I think it's more than any judge in in the Supreme Court around here that I know of.
2: Days on trial, I don't know, but I've done over 400 jury trials in my career, and I have more days on trial than anybody in the 7th Judicial district and almost the entire state. Um, I average probably between 25 and 30 jury trials a year. I've been doing this for a long time. I don't keep track of the trial days. OCA keeps track of everything, but I don't, but I pride myself on my uh, hard work and doing trials. I primarily do a lot of trials because I don't take a lot of plea bargains that are offered. I think that uh, if somebody didn't do something, go to trial, if they did it, then there's going to have to be a consequence.
0: So break that down for me a little bit, if you don't mind. Let's start. Oh, I want, to, you want,
1: to, start I want to, to do the introduction, but I think okay. you ought to do your own introduction. I okay. know I know an awful lot about Judge Renzi, but you know, all the people that are listening, who are you and and uh, you know what, what do we need to know?
2: I won't go back too far. Went to Penfield High School, then I to Syracuse University, then to Emory Law School in Atlanta. I went to uh, Emory because I wanted to go to a city that had an NHL hockey team in the the moment I got down to Atlanta they moved to Calgary so I never had my NH- <laughs> NHL team but I started like the uh, the Braves so baseball after I left uh, uh, Atlanta came back to Rochester got into the D- district attorney's office three years there then went to private practice then in uh, 1991 went to the Henrietta town bench I was there for 12 and a half years then I ran for County court in uh, 2000. lost and then I ran again in 2002 so I ran three campaigns 1999 2000 and 2002 three out of four years I was on the campaign trail but I won for county court county court does only uh, criminal cases pistol permits some civil some evictions but not much primarily a criminal court and then in 2009 was elected to supreme court 14 years went by and I'm now on the campaign trail for re-election
1: you've done most of your time as a supreme court justice also as a criminal calendar
2: that's all i do is the criminal cases i should not say that's all i do it when i initially started in supreme court i did a year of uh, matrimonial well two years of matrimonial i was also the matrimonial judge in steuben county for seven years so i went down to steuben county and i divorced the happy people down there and uh But that was while I was doing criminal trials. I only had to go down like three or four days a month to do the divorces. So then it was just criminal trials. All the felonies that occur within Monroe County. The murders, the rapes, the assaults, the felony drunk driving, the list goes on and on.
0: You've seen it all.
2: I have more than I want to see too. (laughs) So the way Judge
1: Renzi, Sometimes we call you justice. Sometimes we call you a judge.
2: It's okay to call you a judge. You judge, a judge is fine. You, you
1: are a judge, uh, but a justice is a judge of the Supreme Court. Right. And it's
2: so also a town position too. You're your right. justice of the peace yeah. or a town justice.
1: So uh, the way we met, I was assigned to this domestic violence court. I was the prosecutor. So you had a Supreme Court judge who had done hundreds of trials and I was a relatively new D.A. And we had Matt Clark, who was an experienced public defender. So they'd have all been doing it, known each other for 20 years. And, uh, but I was the prosecutor and we did, we did an awful lot.
2: I think that one year I did 26 jury trials in the domestic violence court.
1: Yeah. You know who else did 26 jury trials that year? The prosecutor. You, you
2: know who had to subpoena all those witnesses the process yeah but look at the great experience you got as a, an attorney correct which you need in that office
1: yeah and well it was uh it's unique and people it's it's where i've always tried to give a tremendous amount of credit to you tom anna um helped me when i was a young lawyer because you don't know you have to do 20 jury trials especially in front of a judge so i can your instructions to juries i think i get them in nightmares. I mean, I know what you're going to say at the books. the same thing. The books. I don't even need
2: a book anymore. Oh Yeah, that's uh, funny.
1: So uh, but was there a big difference between County Court and Supreme Court for you?
2: None whatsoever. It was just still just doing the criminal trials.
1: I mean, I think Tom's one of the the great clerks in the Hall of Justice in New York. This is a guy who had a a tremendous amount of experience himself as a prosecutor, a top level attorney, and then um, in a leadership role. And he's used to dealing with people and having that authority, maybe more so than than some of the other clerks that don't have the experience. You see younger folks becoming clerks and, and Tom's a little different
2: than a lot of those people. He's one year younger than me, He's 64, and he has all that vast experience and his ability to write is just second to none. Okay. So I'm lucky. Okay. No.
1: So what type of cases do you enjoy being the judge over?
2: Believe it or not, the, the what I see on the bench is much of it's very disturbing. There's nothing that that I really like. I like doing the jury trials because I get to meet members of the community. I can bring a hundred people into the uh, a courtroom, and I'll ask them every single time how many people want to be here. Sometimes I get no hands raised. Sometimes I get like five or six, but never more than 10% of the group is going to raise their hand saying that they want to be there. And my job is to convince them that they want to be there, fulfill their civil obligation to this country, duty of citizenship, to get them to want to serve. And then when I'm done, I talk to them again, and I think most of them are always very grateful that they had a chance to see how the system works, that it's not like TV, and
0: mm-hmm.
2: and it's a very different process that right. most of the community doesn't understand.
0: It's a slower process.
2: Very slow. It's not usually an takes hour a, episode. No, it usually <laughs> takes a day just to pick the jury. Mm-hmm. So I have 100 people sit in the courtroom just going through a process and it's very time-consuming and they have to show a lot of patience to get through
0: it do you ever wonder when attorneys pick jurors do you ever question like oh i wonder why they picked that person
2: every single trial i do i wonder (laughs) why the prosecutor left this person on why did the defensive person leave this person on like for instance uh just my last trial the judge's secretary made it onto the jury. I'm not going to mention the judge's mm-hmm. name, but that was I didn't think he'd be left on. Prosecutor left on uh, a social worker, which I never thought would happen. Mm-hmm. Little things like that, but I don't say anything.
0: Yeah,
2: I but let them do the, the picking.
0: Mm-hmm. Right. What's the
1: what's the most important part of the trial for the lawyers? It is jury selection that's
2: that's what I absolutely 100 100 you can lose a trial and jury selection or you can win a trial and jury selection and when you say that what do you
1: mean by that explain to the people that are listening you can win or lose but it doesn't make sense because no there's been no proof but
2: there's been no proof but so many people come into s- service and they have an agenda they have an obli- a belief about the criminal justice system one way or the other that it's not a good system that it's a racist system or that it is a great system and they're pro law enforcement, and the other, the other side. And you have the two sides that come in there and you try to figure out where that person stands in their beliefs. And that's the job of the prosecutor, the defense attorney. They try to get somebody who they really think can be fair and impartial. Many times, somebody makes it onto the jury who does have a political agenda and is going to make a, a decision like they don't believe police officers, or they really believe police officers, police officers couldn't lie and the screening process is trying to narrow that out or get rid of those people, but they make it on the jury, it
1: happens. So the lawyers that do a good job, most of the people who listen to us are lawyers, people connected to our law students, that's who. Um, so the lawyers that do a good job of jury selection, what do you see over those 400 trials? Some, some of the lawyers are good at jury selection, some are not.
2: I give 15 to 20 minutes for an attorney to talk to a panel of 21 which isn't a lot of time and you have to aim those questions at somebody's background like where do they do their volunteer work Um, have you ever had a bad experience with the police have you ever contested a traffic ticket things like that so they can bring out some biases or prejudice a person might have and you have to spend time with these people to try to get them to open up rather than just sit there quietly not answer any questions and the attorneys who do a real good job spend that time, or might give a hypothetical, to bring out somebody's biases or prejudices. So one of the things I learned is you ask the question and
1: you get the answer that you're looking for, maybe it shows a a juror who's not good for you. Correct. And instead of trying to convince them, like what, what we were taught was, I really appreciate that comment. That's an excellent comment. Who else feels that way before exactly? So you can, instead of getting the one person who's got the guts to put their hand up or you happen to strike on, well now there's probably four or five people who feel the same way, you can get all five of them. And then trying to get them for
2: cause, where which is, you know, to explain to the, the people it's- people Cause people means and, they have a legal reason why they shouldn't sit. They're showing a bias or a prejudice no. that means they can't be fair and impartial. So the, the attorneys try to bring that out of a juror uh, so that the court will bounce them. So they don't have to use one of their peremptory challenges. In every case, the attorneys have a certain number of what's called peremptory challenges where they can bounce somebody off the jury for whatever reason they want in a murder case. You get 20 in certain high or serious felonies, you get 15 and in the rest you get 10. So using those peremptory challenges is important If you, But more important, if you can excuse somebody for cause when you're doing the questioning you need to bring that out so you don't have to use a, a peremptory challenge.
0: Well, we're talking a lot about attorneys, but I have questions about judges. So, in your opinion, I'm sure you work with a lot of other justices. What qualities make a good judge, in your opinion?
2: In my opinion, a judge, a good judge, is somebody who makes a decision right away. They don't don't hem and haw about. they're going to decide or take a break to talk it over with the law clerks be able to make a decision and and live by that decision that's really important and also you have to have patience if a new attorney's coming into my courtroom and they haven't practiced before i'm not going to be mean to that person i'm going to try i'm not going to assist them in in presenting their case or their defense Um, but certainly you have to show a lot more patience Mm -hmm. maybe you know
0: a little compassion
2: (laughs) a little compassion and it's a learning experience for them when when bob was doing his trials for the first time he wasn't the, the best at it but as every trial went on he did more and more he became a better attorney and knew how to do it yeah and the judge has to understand that
0: i feel like that's kind of a cool thing that you get to see is these attorneys grow and get better each trial they come through
2: correct i The D.A.'s office right now has a lot of really young attorneys and and. uh, They don't know their way around the courtroom yet, Mm -hmm. and it's very tough for them. And some of the judges are a little harder on them than I would be. You have to have it's it's not really compassion. It's just being sensitive to what they're going through, because I used to do it. I used to be a defense attorney and I did trials and there's nothing worse For a defense attorney, when you truly believe your client is innocent, it is—I've been there, and I know when these attorneys come in and they truly believe that their client is innocent, they go home and they're not sleeping at night. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: You know, if you know your client's guilty, you're going to give the best defense you can, but you're going to be able to sleep at night. But when you really think somebody is not guilty, and you and you go to the wall for them, and you do everything you can. It was really tough on a defense attorney, and I really respect that for them. The prosecutor also believes that everybody's guilty. That's why they're doing the case.
1: How many, how many years did you defend cases? Twelve. So while you were town court justice.
2: Or... while I was a town court justice. I was primarily a defense attorney, matrimonial attorney and real estate attorney. Okay. Took a lot of assigned cases, did a lot of jury trials as a defense attorney.
0: So What advice would you give to young lawyers or law students?
2: Most importantly, if I was uh, I wanted to be a litigator, I would tell them to go watch some trials. And if they came to me, I would tell them who to go watch. I'm not going to give names out right now, but Mm -hmm. I would tell them what attorneys are good to watch, what judges are good to watch. You need to experience it. Maybe if you knew another attorney was going to try a case, maybe go sit second chair with him, sit next to him see what they go through, how they prepare, how to review discovery, mm-hmm. really important.
1: I don't know if we should name drop many people that are working today in the hall of justice, but how about the lawyers when you were learning, when you were a defense attorney, the guys from, part of the reason we started doing this in recording is I had I had lunch with John Speranza and Joan O'Byrne and they started talking about practicing law in the 70s and it was the A team, B team and they were doing murder trials and having a, a good time. and we wanted to record what uh, people saw. So who are some of the people who were, were big shots when you were starting
2: out? Well, you already mentioned Speranza. He was one of the best. They did. Uh, Still is. I Napier think. was one of the great ones. There was uh, the old timers. Chuck mean yeah. People talk about Chuck Crimmy. The Crimmy Awards given yeah. in his name because he was one of the best. But there's, I, I can't think of a lot of the names, but there was the old timers would come into court and you could feel their presence. Even though Tony Leonardo did a stint in jail, he could win over a jury and win the trial and jury selection because they just loved him. He looked like a million bucks. He sounded like a million bucks. And it didn't really matter what the case was because he could, he could spin it in a a way that jurors would just love him and believe him. And there's not many of those around anymore. And I'm not going to name names. (laughs)
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Right. As I said in the, in the past
2: in the past that's right
0: yeah. <laughs> well speaking of the past if I can ask or yeah, you wanna, know, no no go ahead um what what are some impactful moments from your career
2: well it's got to be usually the high profile ones like I did the University of Rochester kidnapping case that's where the two kids were kidnapped they were shot they were sexually abused that was a couple week long trial and uh That was one of the hardest videos to watch because these uh, defendants recorded what they did to the victims. That was pretty disturbing. Speaking of disturbing videos, the most disturbing video I ever saw in a courtroom was when Denny Wright, the police officer, was stabbed in the eye and he had his body worn camera that had to watch several times. And it was just really disturbing. I don't even know how the jurors could have uh, handled that and sleep at night because it really bothered me right. to watch it. Um,
0: so impactful moments. Do you think seeing some of these horrific things that go on is motivating in to keeping justice?
2: Motivating to keeping justice? I think it's an eye opener to the, to the jurors and the community what's going on here. Um, nobody wants to see what goes on behind the scenes so to say in a courtroom mm-hmm. from the sexual abuse to rapes to the murders to seeing a dead body it's 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 disturbing
1: mm-hmm.
2: um, I, I block it right out of my mind yeah you know I could do a trial and then uh, I'll try to forget about it right. people come up to me now and say I was a juror on that case what case is that and they tell me the case and I won't even remember
0: because
2: mm-hmm. I don't want to I just yeah. It's gone once the case is over. That's the end of it.
0: Yeah, you don't want those horrific sights in your mind, correct? Yeah, um, let me lighten it up a little bit. What do you look for in a courtroom from people, whether it's attorneys or people who might be appearing or just, in front of you? We could
1: even
2: start with who's in your courtroom. So,
1: you're, yeah. you're on, a, on the bench,
2: on the bench, you got the prosecutors, you got the defense attorneys, you got the defendants you have the defendant's family you might have the victim's family in the courtroom mm-hmm. and you,
1: you have you have court staff maybe tell the, the people staff, the, the court, court reporter
2: staff. will be there my clerk who takes notes about every single case and puts the notes into the computer so we, we can track a case uh, we got a court reporter who takes down every word that's spoken in the courtroom um
1: court security
2: don't forget court security De- there's, Deputy there's, Finn, she, she, no uh, she's gone she retired she was the best she,
1: she protected you for she many
2: did. a year just 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 last week we had a nice was she about? fight outside the courtroom
0: oh really Ben <laughs> wouldn't
2: have stood for that no she would have been well she would have been right in there but they, they separated the combatants it was somebody who was on for sentencing and uh, two families sat on opposite sides of the courtroom they got a little loud in the courtroom and then they just took it outside the courtroom
0: so do people really get held in contempt then like in that circumstance
2: I usually don't do that. That just probably pours gasoline on a fire because yeah. they're all hot because their loved one was hurt and the other ones loved ones in custody over what right. they did. And so it's, emotional. it's very, very emotional.
0: Yeah.
2: But in the courtroom, you know, when a defendant comes before me, I don't like them to be in a t-shirt or shorts. Okay. I'm one probably one of the only judges that demands a, a proper decor. When you come into court, you should dress like you're you're going to church on Sunday or to a okay. wedding. You should show some respect to the court. That to, to me is really important. do know, I don't like the hoodies. I don't like the white t-shirts or any t-shirts for that matter. Mm-hmm. And
0: uh, like a button up a, or something.
2: Correct. Or okay. a golf shirt or whatever.
0: Mm-hmm. That's good to know. Yeah, because I feel like a lot of people don't know what to wear to court.
2: No, no, they don't. They I tell them and then I make a note. They come back that way. Then I make them come back the next week.
0: Gotcha. Dressed up.
2: I feel bad for the attorney because the attorney has to come back, but <laughs> so be it.
0: Well, I feel like it is.
1: Well, the attorney might
2: want it. If they've been
1: practicing, they know.
2: They know. Right. The attorneys know what my rules are in the court. And,
1: and most, most judges rules.
2: If you remember when you were in my court, Matt Clark was the public defender and he had a collared shirt oh, yeah. in the podium. And if somebody came in a t-shirt, he'd take it outside and tell them to put it on.
0: That's a good idea. It's good idea. Yeah. saves time.
1: I had uh, in the Rochester City Court. I had Jack Elliott and he was he was uh, tough on the shirts He would tell him Mary. That was his court clerk adjourn for a shirt <laughs> and He would put him on the next day every time um, And Sylvia Lopez was a public defender. She had small medium large extra large whatever size you need she, She's got uh, a blue polo for everyone works <laughs>
0: Well I think well, it saved us a
1: lot of time. Sure that did. Was, that was good.
0: But I think this is great advice and something that you know a lot of people want to know because you guys are used to going into court and how it works. For most people, walking into a courtroom would be terrifying or intimidating.
2: Oh, it's very intimidating. I can't imagine standing next to an attorney when your your freedom's really on the line. Because everybody that comes before me. There's a possibility of state prison in the sentence. Mm-hmm. That's what makes it a felony.
1: By definition, they've been indicted on a felony charge. They can correct the minimum maximum sentence that
2: would be minimum is always conditional discharge probation is a possibility oh. on the lower level felonies. But every every felony has a state sentence possibility. That's why it's in Supreme Court and county okay. court.
1: Even the lowest in E felony you can do up to four years.
2: Correct. So I, I can't imagine what it's like being a defendant standing next to an attorney. The defendant looks to that attorney for all the guidance in the world because they don't understand the system and they count on that attorney to represent them zealously. And if you feel comfortable with your attorney, you're going to feel a little more comfortable in court. Um, There's so many defendants who send me letters who complain about attorneys. Most of them I just blow off. Some I have to address with the attorneys, like they're not visiting me in jail. Mm-hmm. Um, and I talked to the attorney, say, go visit the guy in jail, You know, just spend some time with him, get him the discovery that he asked for. He wants to see the video, take the video over to him, whatever the case may be. Um, but some attorneys are better than others.
0: Mm-hmm. Some
2: are too busy to do it, and, but it gets addressed, right? but I empathize with the defendant, especially one who feels that they didn't do anything wrong. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah.
1: You know, from practicing defense, that's part of the job of the lawyer. And that's what I hope we do. Uh, I've defended a lot of cases myself. I'm not doing a whole bunch of it now, but it's, have you done the work before you walk into the courtroom? Are you trying to figure out what's happening in the courtroom? That's not a good place to be. And when you start as the judge, you start talking to me and my guy starts chirping in my ear and I turn to him and say, shut up, you, have you, to. you better have established some rapport because when this guy's looking at going to prison and you're telling him, I don't, you're not going to talk right now, I'm going to do this for you. You better have that trust. Correct. And, and you don't get the trust. You can't just get it. You don't get assigned trust. You don't get trust because the guy paid you some money. You have to have done the work.
2: Absolutely correct and you don't want that person writing letters to the judge about that which is sort of violating that the, the trust you don't complain to the the judge unless it's really bad and then as you said there's something wrong in the relationship and it's tough i'm a defense attorney yeah
1: i think a lot of the defense attorneys bring it on themselves too not always true true I've, I've had some really tough clients who a lot of times it's usually mental illness um, or serious drug problem and mental illness but a lot of the times some of your toughest clients can be the smartest clients correct And, and they are sitting in a jail cell and they have they're fixating on their freedom well you can't blame a guy for fixating on his freedom and who's smart enough to do the research to understand what you're supposed to be doing and you're not doing it do you want to blame that guy or you want to take a look in the mirror that's the
2: right and many times as an attorney you have a chance to review the discovery you've talked to the prosecutor you know there's a reasonable offer on the table let's hypothetically say your client's out of custody and it's a charge that they're offering state prison it's really difficult to convince your client to take an offer to go into prison from out of custody really hard even though you know it your attorney's telling you it's a, it's a best deal you can get. Yeah. And they don't want to go. And as a, de- as a defense attorney, you got to say, well, you got to really consider this offer because if you go to trial, he's not going to punish you for going to trial, which I would never punish anybody for going to trial. But if you get convicted of the higher offense when they're offering you a reduction, there's going to be more of a consequence. There has to be.
0: Right. How often does that have you seen that happen where there was a really good deal. They went to trial, and it actually went in their favor.
2: Somebody gets acquitted, mm-hmm. or less acquitted. It yeah. happens. There's no question it happens. Mm-hmm. Is it often? No, it's not often. Acquittals are, are uh, I would say, probably guessing 25 percent of the time.
0: Okay.
2: Of the top charge, I'm not saying you get acquitted of everything, but the top charge.
0: Right. Interesting.
1: So you alluded to it in the beginning. You talked about uh, you're probably more active in deals, negotiations, uh, what you accept, what you won't accept than other judges. You Correct. See? So explain to the people who are listening what we're talking about by that. And you know what I'm talking about, but you have. So it's a, any plea bargain. We're talking about plea bargains.
2: Let me just give you a hypothetical example. Somebody's charged with a robbery in the first degree. They took a gun into a, a 7-eleven and they pointed at the guy and give me all the money and he runs out it's on video and they make an offer to him of a robbery in the second degree reduce reduction and they offer him probation i'm not going to go along with something like that where somebody actually points a gun at somebody else and they rob somebody mm-hmm. it doesn't matter if he says that the gun was a bb gun and he was high on drugs and he has a drug problem he needs to address and he's not a bad guy there still has to be a serious consequence for serious crimes there's a perfect example so
1: for the people who don't know that you take a step back any agreement is a three-way agreement the prosecutor has to agree the defense has to agree and the judge has to agree
2: most important the judge has to agree
1: well if if the prosecution and the defense can't come to some agreement we never even get to the judge to ask for approval.
2: True, unless the defense counsel says, Judge, what if I just plead to the charge? Will you give him probation? The yeah. DA's offering state prison. Will you give him shock probation, which means sure. do some time in jail, followed by probation? And that's when we sometimes get involved in the plea bargain.
1: Yeah, that's like a not a reduction, though. That's a straight. Correct. Plea, that's plea pleading to the top count or yeah, the whole
2: indictment. Right. The um,
1: But why do you think it is that you get involved more than some other judges? And I, well,
2: I don't think I get more involved more than other judges. I think I take a tougher stance than most other judges. Well, I, I don't go along of, with the plea bargains.
1: I think a lot of judges say you're the prosecution, you're the defense. If you two can agree, I'm probably going to go along with it. They don't. They don't stand in the way of a lot of deals. Um, That's very true. But uh, I, I'm just trying to make sure I. I know. I know.
2: But give you think, I'm the. I'm just. I'm more. I'm tougher on people than probably most of the judges.
1: Well, in some ways, I think it also comes with the experience of the confidence of doing all these trials, like some judges don't want to do trials. That's the secret.
2: There's a few judges that have been on the bench a, a long period of time and still have not done a trial.
0: So you would say that you're a tough judge, but is it because of the legal aspect or the being held accountable aspect or? both a
2: combination of everything I'm I'm fair Mm -hmm. I'm fair as I said there's a lot of acquittals in my courtroom I make sure everybody gets a very fair trial right I can tell you as I didn't
1: I prosecuted as many of his 400 I did as many as most and he gave the defense a very fair trial I Um, have one
0: question where does your love for the law come in
1: I have a different question. Do you love the law? Of course I I'm assuming law. you do. But
0: where did that come into play? What made you decide? I want to become an attorney and uh, go on this journey?
2: my goal was not to become an attorney. I went to uh, you accidentally enrolled for law school. Hey. No, I went <laughs> to law school because I wanted to be an FBI agent. And at that okay. time, the FBI was only
0: uh,
2: hiring lawyers. Okay. So my whole goal was to be an FBI agent. I got out of school. Um, matter of fact, they even took the CIA test. Didn't do very well on that one but I. Went through the process, the FBI, and I did, then I just decided I wanted to go home and I went back to Rochester mm-hmm. and. Started an internship at the DA's office. And all of a sudden, one of the persons who was hired at the DA's office failed the bar, I passed it and they offered me a job that was took off from there. So Ever since then? Loved the law.
0: You love the law.
2: <laughs> it, it was never my goal ever to be an attorney, never my goal to be a judge either. It just happened. I Acc- Accidentally got nominated for the Supreme Court twice.
0: Accidentally. <laughs> well, Correct. Yeah. yeah. So what do you enjoy about being a judge?
2: If I could do a trial every single day, I'd be on trial every single day if I could. That's what yeah. I like the most. It's the funnest part.
0: Fun. Yeah. Well, t-
1: if you're comfortable,
2: tell them about the trailers, the DA trailers they used to work out of. What? <laughs> so, back in Henrietta, you had the town hall, and then behind the town hall was two trailers. And I'm talking old trailers. And one half was the court, and then the other half was the New York State Police. And inside the trailer was the judge's chambers and the DA's office. And I was assigned to the VA's office out there for um, almost two years. I had the greatest secretary you could ever ask for because when you worked in the towns, you didn't have somebody hovering over you, uh, a superior, and they gave you some leeway. Mm-hmm. So if if I wanted to go play some golf, I could go out and my secretary would say he was out meeting with some victims and cover cover for me beautifully. Yeah, and grass. It was just great. And then uh, we had a big, nice picnic table in the back and. We were cooking out one day and. I had my table grill. I left it on too long and the table caught on fire. <laughs> 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 all things up in smoke right outside the trailer. Within two weeks, they closed the satellite office and moved all the town people downtown. Oh,
0: and <laughs> the, the,
2: the office has never recovered. <laughs> and it was all my fault. Oh.
0: No. <laughs> well, at least you took accountability. <laughs> I did.
2: Who was is, who is out in the trailers with you? Doug Randall, Dana Relly were the two big ones when I was out there.
0: what well, What's the time frame on this? Like, how long ago? What's
2: oh, we're talking ago? in the, the late 80s. Okay. So, we're talking a real long time ago. <laughs> shortly thereafter the trailers were demolished the and DAs who worked back then they
1: all talk about these trailers the, the, this was it was the, the greatest the best practice of law and, and the, the cops would come to the trailers for the meetings and
2: Yep, a lot of meetings at the <laughs> with the police there. they didn't have to go very far it was the state police who were right next door and the judges were right there their chambers are right there so you're talking to the judges all the time and back in the old days you're talking the 80s every time we were done with court we would go out to a local establishment defense attorney prosecutor and the judge mm-hmm. and we'd go out for a couple of hours nice. almost every single time we had court
1: mm-hmm.
2: it was all night court
1: and uh you think that helped things get done oh no question yeah a lot of people and, and joan and john they talk about that back in the in the day um and there was more of that around
2: there was a lot more socialization Uh, I don't even do that. I don't even go out anymore with the defense attorneys or prosecutors used to be after in my when I started in County Court, at least after a trial, we'd head to the local establishment with the defense attorney and prosecutor and obviously one would be happy. The other wouldn't be, but at least you'd go out with them and say you've gone through a long two weeks or three weeks on trial and just talk about what happened. Mm -hmm. And that's very beneficial to both the prosecutor and the defendant.
0: Right, the learning experience. Plus, right. we talk about this a lot too. Like networking is a big part. It sure um, is. Being an attorney and why it's important. And, and
1: well, in the criminal practice, yeah, you think you're good this week, and guess next week, you criminal defense lawyer, so you're going to do some losing. You're gonna Correct. Be, you're going to lose. And you're going to get tough cases. You're going to get tough clients. Uh, they're not supposed to arrest innocent people. A lot of the people are guilty. You're going to. You. So you got to take take. A, work hard and wins when you can get them but just because you win this one well guess what next week these rules could be reversed real fast
2: real fast there's the presumption of innocence, not the presumption of guilt and many of the defendants think that they're presumed guilty and especially with it as a defense attorney well they're gonna they have all this proof they're gonna find me guilty and and the defense attorney says well there's this weakness here there's that weakness there this witness might not have seen what they saw etc and it
1: that's what uh, I don't know, we were talking about so, the trip.
0: Go ahead, sorry. No, I don't know. Would, would you want to talk about your campaign at all?
1: No, forget. we'll get to no, the we'll, we'll get to that. that. Okay, we'll get not... to Okay, okay. We're okay. The, good judge uh, <laughs> talking about the talking about
2: the people. This is what we finally broke them. Uh,
0: <laughs> we broke them. It is hot in here.
2: <laughs> so I haven't said one thing inappropriate yet. No, well, that's
1: okay. We don't need to <laughs> do Do you want to start?
0: Just no. no so, I,
1: but let's do a different but So you have a person, a, a new, a new criminal defense lawyer. They've never done a case before. They come, and you started talking about this, in the newer lawyers. But they're going to have a felony case where somebody can go to state prison. and They're going to defend somebody, and the, everybody's got their first felony case. That's we right. all had it. You had That's it, and right. I had it, and all these they're other people.
2: Good. What
1: would you tell that defense lawyer? Like, what do is, what is, they're going to walk into your courtroom?
2: What do you expect to see from that person? Well, as I said before, that defense attorney better watch another trial. Watch the jury selection and be prepared. It takes a lot of time. Uh, It's not you just can't pick up the file and say, "Well, that's my first trial. This guy's guilty. I'm going to go in there and just do the best I can and wing it. It'll be written all over the, the attorney. You'll know how much or how little they prepared for the trial. You gotta remember a, a, a trial is almost like a show it's like a tv show and it's not for entertainment purposes it's with a a mission in mind for getting your client off or from the prosecutor's point of view to find somebody guilty and they have to be prepared and and i can't stress that enough you haven't. i'll tell
1: you um, a lawyer i'll tell you a lawyer who i think is one of the more underrated attorneys around here you don't have to comment on it uh our buddy james egan and he has a different approach to doing trials. He has an incredible trial record. Oh, he does. And he, and I say- Well, he's a machine. And I said, James, well, you know, why you do so much better than everybody else? He goes, I just go with the idea, whoever knows the file better, probably gonna win. It's true. Whoever knows the file, and it, it, if you're not the most experienced lawyer, if you don't, it, maybe you're not Tony Leonardo, maybe you're not John Speranza, but if you know that file better than that other side, you got a pretty good shot.
2: Okay, I gotta, here's my first trial that I did. I can't remember it like it was yesterday. I was out of the DA's office and now I'm a, a defense attorney. And I'm not going to tell what, what, say what the charge was. But I wrote out my opening statement and I read it. When it came to the summation, I wrote it out and I read it. And I regretted doing that from that point on, because you have to know the case well enough where you're speaking to the jury and looking at them so they believe you not reading something about what somebody testified to you, Yes, you can have notes like you have notes here. You're going to have bullet points, but you have to speak from the heart. And I think that's the most important thing for a new attorney. Um, you're going to read it the first time because those nerves are your your legs are they're shaking. You're grabbing the podium. So you steady yourself. I know what it's like, but as time goes on, you have to make yourself so comfortable with the case that you know what the defense is that you know, you're going to argue and speak it don't read it.
0: I like that. That Well, because in a trial, a good trial attorney Not theatrical, right? But it's important to show that you believe it.
2: Correct. Stand up when you object. Don't sit down from the there's one attorney I picked that so bad he yelled objection. I ignored it. Objection. Ignored it. Third time, objection even louder. I said, excuse me. It was objection. I go, I can't hear you when you're sitting down. So he stood up.
1: <laughs> this is the, the joy of the judge.
2: Okay. Or there's a time like if it's the attorney just sits there and I know the question is uh, an improper question. I'll just say sustained and the other attorney will go, there wasn't even an objection. I said, well, there should have been, I'm not going to allow it. in. <laughs> That's not helping the other attorney out. But if something gets way out, yeah, Way off based and the attorneys daydreaming or writing a note that he's yeah, well, it's, I do what I need to do to make sure
1: and it probably depends on your attorney. But that is from the attorney perspective. Sometimes I'm I know the other question's no good. I'm not objection because you're only highlighting that then they get to ask the
2: question twice true but sometimes i don't want i don't want to allow something that is well there's a lot of
1: questions that that are objectionable the lawyer doesn't object to you because we're trying to move along
2: correct very true you can't object on every question probably could but
1: it doesn't uh, it doesn't help your case usually
0: i'm always interested in when something gets like stricken from the record if it's like a verbal thing that was said and there's a jury and they're like, oh, okay, pretend that didn't happen. How do you pretend that didn't happen? You still heard it.
2: <laughs> That's true. And you give an instruction. Strike it from you your mind, mind best as best as humanly, as humanly possible. possible. Okay. <laughs> Correct. I've okay. heard it a few thousand <laughs> times. A few thousand, thousand from times. Him. And then you say, you know, if you ask for a read back, you're never going to hear the objection being made, the answer being given, the court saying sustained, and telling you to strike it from the record.
0: It's like it never happened.
2: Just like it never happened. Gotcha. as we have to make pretend.
0: Okay. I'm always curious about that.
2: Just but of course, the jury can't get it out of their mind. Right. Or it's the question that tries to lead the witness down a particular road. Mm-hmm. And I sustain the objection, and ignore the question. Of course, the jury's mind's going to go down that road.
1: I've got a question for all these jurors. So 400 trials. That's
0: a lot of people. Almost four.
1: <laughs> that th- was it, four thousand eight hundred jurors that you've had. Uh, all right. Do your math. I was 12. What? 400. Uh, What
2: is that, 400 times 10? Times 100, 40,000, right? Why is it times 100? There's only 12
1: jurors on, oh, yeah, but I bring 100 in the panel. Okay, so I'm talking about the jurors, you're talking about the panel, but whatever. So there's thousands of people from the community that have sat on your jury. They all know you. They remember, I've been to a juror one time. I remember Judge Renzi, he was a good guy. He let us go to lunch five minutes early. Whatever it is, he he gave us uh, a high five when the case was over. So these people see you in the community. Is it appropriate for them to talk to you, tell you oh, that but, they're on
2: the juror? Absolutely. It happens every, almost every day.
1: And so for that person who sees you, is it introduce themselves? That's okay. It's not it's, it's not disrespectful to you or, no, the, or the case. Okay. I mean, that's what I thought.
2: But. I had this person come up to me at the sports club the other day. She came up to me. Do you remember me? No, I don't. You don't remember me? No. How long ago? Oh, five years ago. Remember, I was the dancing juror. I go, no I don't remember she goes, I go what was the case She goes it was a sex abuse father against this child I go I'm sorry I don't remember she goes don't you remember I was the holdout juror that caused the mistrial uh, <laughs> I go I'm sorry I don't funny. remember you
0: oh well but, you could have lied you could have been like yeah no, but at least you're truthful <laughs> no
2: I didn't ask which way the mistrial went, or whether she was the one for acquittal or convictions, but yeah. I don't like mistrials because I've got to try it all over again.
0: Yeah, <laughs> uh, I was gonna right, say. So
1: that's the, the your campaign. You're going all over the state, the the western part of the state, so eight counties. So tell us about that geographic area and and what that's like.
2: I got to use my figures. It's Monroe, Livingston, Steuben. Yates, Wayne, Seneca, Cayuga and Ontario. So I got to travel through all those counties, parades, festivals. I started last September when my window opened, period where I could go out and actually campaign. And the first time I ran, I did 29 parades. This year I've only done like 12. Most of them on a post. Are you on a post? No, I'm not on a post. Uh,
1: Well, I I got a question. I got another question, though. A serious question is, so judges are supposed to generally be apolitical, and that doesn't mean they don't have their own personal views, but you have to be political to become a judge.
2: Correct. And then the job is supposed to be nothing to do with politics. Impartial. Right. So for 14 years, you're out of politics. Can't take your political views and express them in any way except at home and then all of a sudden the window opens up and you can you try to curry the favor of the political parties i'm trying to get tried to get the conservative endorsement try, making sure i got the republican endorsement you got and you both have to, of those right i did but you have to go meet with the leaders and you, they ask you questions not some dissimilar to what's asked today but i can't tell them what my opinion is on the issues the president, I can't comment on the president. I can't comment on what's going on in Congress. I can't comment on any laws other than I have to say I'm going to follow the laws, no matter whether I disagree with them or not. They're laws and I'm bound by my oath to enforce those laws. You know, I could you might ask what my opinion is on the second amendment. Could I go out and say something about it? No, but I could tell you that I support the Constitution of the United States because I take the oath as a town judge as a county court judge and a Supreme Court judge and I'm going to support the Constitution and
1: that system that we talk about where you have to be political and then not political do you agree with that that the way that, do you think that's how it ought to be or should it get changed
2: some way in, in my opinion it should not change and it should, you should not be able to give an opinion and in my opinion I mean I know I'm not in the majority on this one I think judges should run without a political party I think they should be on the ballot the Republicans could put us up but put us on the ballot without a a Republican or Democrat name make the people look into who the person is what their experience is uh, what they've done and make an educated choice for a judge and then that takes the politics off the ballot literally right
0: I agree with that
1: what about in other states, and I'm familiar with the state
2: of Iowa. I'm licensed to practice in
1: the state of Iowa. I got some friends out there. Uh, they appoint judges and there. There's a panel of appointment and they have a farmer, a construction worker, a this guy or that
2: guy. And I guarantee you can't get on that panel unless you have some political views that agrees with that appointment. So that's even more dangerous.
0: Yeah.
1: And
2: then my opinion. Yeah.
1: Well, that's the, then they appoint the person and then they run. It's, it's kind of crazy.
2: Our system's crazy. The whole system's crazy. The well, judges gotta only can be political in certain years, and you gotta run for a period of time, and then you're out of the limelight. If I wasn't in the the criminal part, my name would never be in the paper. It'd Be 14 years, nobody would know what I'm doing unless you appear in front of me, mm-hmm. and that's tough. These guys who go to the appellate division, you know, their name only makes the paper if it's a decision that is controversial. And even then, it's just the one person who wrote it, not the the, the others that agree. Nobody remembers those names
1: the, uh, You talked earlier about the respect for the system and and what people wear, but the system i mean I know I believe in it, you've been part of it for a long time uh, but it's as a as a judge, you control people's freedom i mean that's the that is is also uh, the ways have it. I I, well, I was going to say there has to be a level of stress and pressure involved in that that people, people, you know, probably don't appreciate, right?
2: You have no idea about the, the the pressure on a judge and what a judge thinks about all the time when he goes home and what he takes home, what he sees during the day, and then try to go home and block it out. Sometimes I go home and watch a lot of Law, law and Order because I still enjoy the Law and Order oh. parts, but. <laughs> because my wife does. But um, there's so much that happens in the community that the people don't see. There's so much uh, violence in the community right now, and the laws are being criticized. Every paper you open up there, somebody's commenting on the bail laws or a judge is releasing somebody and they're out committing another crime and they criticize everything about the criminal justice system. And then you got the uh, the Office of Court Administration pushing modifications of the laws and judges don't participate in that we can be critical of it and if it's for the betterment of the the system but basically we're we're gagged and it's not it's tough
1: it's interesting to me you have judges of different uh political parties and maybe different political views or views about how to be a judge, but then you see people in the Hall of Justice um, maybe they have different political views, but you're friendly and behind, you know, in the, in the walkway behind all the courtrooms, you're still friendly with your colleagues. And I think, of course, these are there's not many people who really experience, um, you know, that maybe that pressure that you're talking about or the experience. There's only that's a pretty small pool. And to see, you know, that on between judges kind of um, I mean, I don't know. What's that like?
2: But we all respect each other's opinions. You have to um, people interpret the law differently. You know, I might find probable cause or not find probable cause another judge would do the exact same hearing and find the exact opposite. You still respect what they're they're doing. You don't bad mouth that judge or criticize that judge because that would be wrong. Uh, they're all they're all human beings and yes we have uh, breakfast every thursday with all the judges what's that we like? talk. well it's interesting it's it we meet for about an hour hour and 15 minutes and just tell stories of what happened in our court maybe something came up that everybody should know uh, we talk about that and more of a social hour than anything
1: I always think that like the, you hear the stories of uh rbg and scalia very polar opposites of their friends
2: and it, it's we we definitely leave politics out of those breakfast meetings yeah. that's probably oh you a have good to. You have to. <laughs> yeah good idea even though we'd be allowed to talk about it because between judges you could talk about anything mm-hmm. um, you get very opinion about uh, uh, the laws but yeah we, we avoid it like the plague yeah because people have strong views. When you, when I grew up, I have my values that were instilled by my parents. They have their values instilled by their parents. And their values and views may be totally different than mine, but still, you got to respect it. Right. Yeah.
1: Uh, any any other parting words? Get out there, vote. Um, of
2: course, get out there, vote.
1: What else do you want to say? Anything? Anything on your mind today?
2: If anybody needs an attorney, I strongly suggest you use Bob King, one of the best attorneys in, in Monroe County. got <laughs> yeah, client's in 30 states now. So, Do you really? Yeah. Thanks,
0: Thank Bob. you. That concludes this episode of the King Law Podcast. If you've enjoyed this episode, make sure to subscribe and check out our socials, at King Law Attorneys. And if you've happened to have been injured or charged with a crime, now you know who to call. King Law. Take charge.